0: Good morning, all you wonderful people tuning in one more time. Time in the Word of God, essential time in the Word of God to spend in the Word of God. I'll tell you what, we are heading close to that wonderful Christmas season where we again see from scriptures how the angels portrayed this new covenant, this new time period that we are living in for the last 2,000 years, uh, which is different than it was prior to that, because we have something given to us, someone came to us in the form of a babe in the manger, and he brought us so many wonderful things. First of all, of course, and I don't want to leave out the, your favorite one, you know, in case we have got any religious nuts watching, <laughs> we want to make sure that we hit it all, but we, he gave us life and life more abundantly, he gave us a new creature, forgave us our sins, with um, all these wonderful things. One of the things that the angels were doing when they were advertising for this new life is they came down with great joy. And um, and they were so expressive of the great joy that the heavens tore open and there's a whole choir singing joy, you know, singing joy to the world that the Lord has come. And today I want to look at joy in, in uh maybe a little bit of a different light. I call it the joy factor. It has everything to do with joy, but just kind of seeing it from a different angle. I see it as uh, something that is uh, not only so essential to uh, this realm, brought down from the other realm. This is not happiness. This is not, you know, hey, I won the lottery, or hey, I got a new car. This is from the other side. The Bible is, is very clear that there is a, In this world, you have tribulation. This world is a different system than the system that we are under as believers. And in this new life, this new uh, kingdom that came down, and it's not meat or drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And that's on the inside of us. So that we are walking and talking. As I shared on Sunday, um, the heaven uh, came down, and uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live in us. Different than anybody else. In the Old Testament. And so one of the factors, okay, we can talk about every one of these. And if I have you for the next 12 hours, i probably touch the surface. But we have you for 30 minutes. And we want to talk about the joy factor this morning. Because heaven came down and and, and the new way of doing things would include the joy factor. You know, it's not just, uh, okay, let's everybody be happy because we are Christians. And uh, we've got to have a good example. No. The joy factor, I'm going to read you the meaning of joy factor or or factor itself and get you to see where I'm coming from today. So looking up the word factor, it's a circumstance, a fact, an influence that contributes to a result or an outcome or a number of qualities when multiplied with another produce a given expression. And so we want to consider that, all right? So I have these ingredients, um, and joy is one of them. And I would say it's one of the most essential ones that will lead to the others. And I know this fellow by the name of Jesus. You know him? He uh, said it this way. I'm going to read it out of uh, Revelation, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, look away from all that which distracts to Jesus. All right? So right there, that's a million-dollar instruction right there. Look away from everything that would we'll take away from you looking at Jesus. And it's not just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, why am I looking at Jesus? Jesus, according to um, John chapter 1, he the, the disciples gazed upon him. They had fixed their attention upon him. What does that mean? It means to squeeze Jesus like a sponge and to extract all the... F- All the the fluid out of him, if I can put it that way, like extracting fluid out of a sponge. You want to get every aspect. So the one we're covering today is joy. And so when we look at this here, it says, look away from everything to Jesus. Okay, we're going to squeeze right now. We're going to squeeze that sponge because he's going to go through something here. He's going to have the weight of the world on him to the point that he was sweating blood. There was so much pressure on him fulfilling this assignment that he agreed to with the Father before the foundation of the world to set you and me free. And so he's saying, okay, guys, take a look. Take a look at me, squeeze me like a sponge, and look at this here. Look at Jesus from all distraction, who is a leader and the source of our faith, giving the first incentive of our belief, Remember, faith uh, comes by hearing. Hearing the word of God, but He gave us the measure of faith um, when we got born again. And He's not only uh, the incentive for our belief; He is also its finisher, bringing it to maturity and perfection. He Himself, okay, just this is what He had to do. This is what He wants you to get as you squeeze this morning. He, for the joy set of obtaining the prize. That was set before him, endured the cross, despised and ignored the shame, and is now seated at the right hand and the throne of God. So if he's saying, Get away from all distractions and look unto me, Jesus had to get away from all distractions and look for the joy that was set before him. With that choice of his mind and in his heart, choosing, for the joy set before him. Just picture, you know, like, like he's looking at like a screen almost and seeing, oh, 2023, there's going to be people that are going to be saved. Yes, I can fulfill this. He's not looking over at the guy that just whipped him or the one that spit at him or the blood that's on the ground, which is his, or the cross that he's got to carry, the weight of it, the, the rubbing of the cross on his shoulders. He's not looking to that. He says, I'm... I get to pull this through. This is the end result of what I am going to do, and so that's a big hint. If if uh, if he has to avoid the distractions and is asking you to avoid to avoid distractions on a daily basis, they come in truckloads. They are multiplied by every factor, every uh, organization right now that is antichrist or devilish or just being in the world. They're multiplying things against you. Their their effort is to take you down. In um, Numbers, uh, sort of, Psalms one eighteen, is a time period when the disciples had just finished their last uh, supper with Jesus. Jesus, they're all sitting on their couches around the table, and it always said that they closed out the day with a hymn. Before they left, they sang a hymn. So picture Jesus. He's sitting there. And he's got. Uh, he already said, "Well, Judas is. You know, do what you got to do." And he knew. He knew he's going to be betrayed. Judas is out there on assignment, running around. Nobody else knew. Just Jesus and Judas. And and he's out there getting those soldiers and the, the Pharisees together to to betray. I mean, Jesus was betrayed. In fact, somebody told me the other day, there's so many scriptures on betrayal in the Bible. One of the main things that you got as a leader, you got to watch out for and come out on the other side. When people betray you, people do things against you. And so you got to have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. And so Jesus here, they're uh, singing a song along with everybody else. They sang a hymn and then, then they went out. And about a you know, week or so later, they're going to start the procedure which brings Jesus to the cross. And you know that Jesus, even in the garden, he was had his disciples praying and praying, and uh, they were obviously tired, they were sleeping. Um, and so he had double the pressure because he couldn't even have anybody with him praying because they're all feeble men. They're men. He's God in flesh. Of course he's got the weaknesses of his flesh, so to speak, that could only take so much, and uh, anguish and so forth. What did he do in this psalm? Why were they singing the 118th psalm? Well, here's just just for today. One key. It says, um, one of the verses in verse 24 says, uh, This is a day which the Lord has brought about. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And we know from, you know, speaking the principles of God's word, which includes joy today. uh, It... Will rise and bubble out of you when you make the decision to speak that and release it, especially when you see it as uh, it's your privilege, it's your right to be joyful. Yes, 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 but it is also a weapon. It's part, like I said, it's a factor. That multiplied in with everything else is a factor to your success of you coming out the other side. Jesus knew that. Jesus sang the psalm. The psalm had lots to say about him, being the cornerstone the brick that was rejected and all that. He says, oh, well, for the joy set before him. This is a day the Lord has made. And tomorrow, I, I guarantee you, all week long, Jesus is thank you. Well, this is a new day. This is a day. Okay, I'll be going to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And then the next day, well, praise God, this is a day. I'm one day closer to being crucified, and they're going to uh, release Barabbas and so forth. And so we can learn a lot from Jesus. Look at this here in Nehemiah. It says, uh, verse 8 to 10, it says, So they read from the book of the law of God's distinctly, faithfully amplifying and giving the sense so that the people understood and read. So they're explaining all the things in the law. You know, the law is very hard to digest if you were someone that wants to keep it but realize you can't keep it. You can't keep the law without the Savior. You're going to fail. And so they had the law read to them, and they're like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, what do I have to do? And so Nehemiah, verse 9, who was the governor, and Ezra was the high priest scribe for the Levites, who taught the people, said to all of them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not. Okay, be quiet, mourn not. This is a holy day. Why didn't he keep mourning, you rotten sinners? Keep being in that state of anguish. No, that's not what he's saying. They knew they couldn't keep the law. They knew it was burdensome to them. They needed a Savior. In fact, do you know that that was the reason for the law is to point us to a Savior? And I'm just bringing out the principle of joy here again. This day is a holy day for the Lord. Mourn not nor weep for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law and so the why would the was would the priest be steering them in the wrong direction why would he say that why would he or is it a foreshadow or is it what the what this new day the bible says in isaiah chapter 61 60 verse 1 arise from depression arise to the newness of life what's that all about it's talking about the church age. And we'll get to the other one, Isaiah 61 in a second. Here in verse 10 in Nehemiah, so after he tells the people not to weep, he says, Then Ezra told the people, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to him for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and be not grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and your stronghold. So people wake up. There's a new day in in coming where the joy, the strength is the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. And so um, Isaiah, I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 61 too. That is such a key thing. There is no strength in mourning. There is no strength in depression. There's no strength in weeping. That's why the new day, when the church arose, and and um, basically what what the Isaiah remember the word Isaiah means salvation is come to you. So guess what? God's going to name him Isaiah. Isaiah's mom says, "I've got to call you Isaiah because all she, she heard from the Lord, Isaiah. Okay, why, mom? Because you're going to be writing down what salvation is going to look like. So Isaiah the 60 arise from depression. Isaiah 61 has. Uh, Oh, the whole book of Isaiah is so wonderful, leading to what salvation should look like. And Isaiah 61 talks again about the Spirit of the Lord being upon me. What is that? That's a new day. The church age. The age when principles from heaven can now be laid into the hearts of born-again believers. Remember the angels? Back to the angels. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Great joy is covered the land. Not just a little bit of joy. Great joy. What are they portraying? They're advertising for the day when the son is born and, and was born. Uh, and the shepherds were directing where he is in Jerusalem and, or in Bethlehem. And they're showing that this day is full of joy. Not like the days of mourning under Nehemiah when they read the law. This is what New Testament believers who are walking Obedient, remember Jesus says, "Those that are doers of my word." I, I've I've seen people they've been so mournful, so sad, and f- refuse to turn the corner back to Jesus and back to the New Testament principles of great joy. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, you don't understand the the word. Yeah, but you know, we have nothing, or somebody died. You don't understand. That is, joy comes in the morning. He wants you back on track with Jesus. None of this mourning all day long. None of this being in a state of a believer with worldly principles of mourning. Or Old Testament principles of weeping and, uh, you know, ashes thrown around or whatever. Joy of the Lord is not you ignoring things. It is you obeying the word. Obeying the new covenant, allowing the heavenlies to fill your soul, which is your mind, will, intellect, and emotion, to be in here. The joy, of the Lord. There's so many scriptures. I I know I won't get even to one uh, percent of them today. It all deals with the heavenly joy that came to you to be in you. Well, in verse three of Isaiah 61, this is again the new. Testament desire of our Lord. Oh, I just want to serve Jesus and suffer for Him. No, you're not. You're proud and ignorant of the scriptures. You're proud because anyone that disobeys the word of God has got another, uh, uh, basically, it's like a form of idolatry. Actually, if you set up anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, it is pride. And so I'm humble enough to read these scriptures and say, you know what? Body, flesh, soul, spirit—you know. Uh, re- let's obey the scriptures, and you may start out with tears and say, "Oh, you don't understand, Pastor, but I'll try this." I've had people do that, but when they obey, especially this one person from Penticton, every time they obey the message of the Bible, she would come back and say, "Oh, this happened, and this happened, and that." And usually our phone calls, when they started out and she was asking for counsel, there was tears. There was sorrow. And I had the privilege of leading her into the word of God out of the sorrows. And it's so good to see. So this is what it says in Isaiah. To grant uh, the, the year. Well, I'll go back to verse uh, 2. Um, this is the acceptable, the proclaimed year of the Lord. What year? 1927, 1963? No, this is the year being the day of lo- the Lord, the year of his favor and the day of vengeance of our God. God to comfort those that mourn. Why didn't he leave them this morning? Isn't that more pious and more humble? But it's far from where God wants you to live. You are a constant pageant of triumph. And so that's for his glory. His glory. I know I used to be the most depressed person in Prince George. And I say that uh, just to let you know where I come from. I used to sit there and I think, if I have the sad face long enough, someone's going to put their loving arms around me and help me. Nobody ever did. No. But they gave me the Word of God. They gave me the Word. The Word has set us free. The Word has changed our lives. Amen. So this is a year of favor. This is where where God has sent truckloads of favor for you to grant consolation and joy to those that mourn in Zion. Zion can be referred to as church too. To give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of... Can you see how how when you don't want to be a doer of the word of God, God and all of heaven and Jesus our Lord are so excited to give you the oil of joy for mourning. And you slap it out of his hand if you choose to remain in a state of, uh, uh, you know, grumbling or sadness or mourning. Folks, I'm telling you, it is the most humble thing to accept the pattern that heaven has chosen for us to walk in the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, it'll be a, a great witness for you. It's going to be just wonderful because you're going to overcome. It's one of those ingredients, again, it's is the factor mixed in with other factors that will put you over. I'm going to conclude with this scripture. The Bible says in James 1, again, it tells you to count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So in the mix, the factor of what you're going through, you got to include that joy. You get to include that joy. And that joy is the strength. The Bible, when it says, count it all joy, is basically you looking at all the armor of God, all the arsenal that was presented to you. And the Bible says that our weapons, our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds and uh, casting down every vain imagination. So like Jesus who cast down the imagination of the rugged cross for the joy that's set before him. He's going like this here. No, he's got a little televised screen there. No, 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 no. I'm not thinking about the blood that was spilled on the ground or the torn flesh off my back. I'm thinking of the 20, in 2023, the people that are going to get saved. And that factor alone, mixed in, was the strength. The joy of the Lord is the strength that got him through. It's going to be the same thing for your trial. The joy mixed in with everything else that you get to go through. You know, the faith and the love walk. And and then again, the Holy Spirit brought you this joy. Jesus said it in John 17. He said, I'm going to leave you my joy. And so uh, it's all for you to factor it in to be victorious in life. Anyways, that's all the time I have today. Uh, Call us at 250-862-3044. We would love to share More of the good, good gospel with you. God bless you and have an amazing rest of the day.